0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part three of what's going to be three parts on benign hepatic tumors, and I left off last time mentioning hepatic adenomas, and let's talk about them. Hepatic adenomas, I think, are one of the most difficult diagnoses on CT. Um, Some statistics. The majority is solitary, but they can be multiple, particularly if patients have glycogen storage disease or liver adenomatosis, then they're really multiple. They can range in size from a centimeter to over 15 centimeters. The larger lesions are more prone to bleeding, and the two issues with hepatic adenomas, spontaneous bleeds where the liver can rupture or the tumor can rupture, and that these patients have an increased incidence of developing hepatomas from the lesion. And again, in terms of just some of the uh, statistics, there's increased incidence with oral contraceptive use, as well as the use of anabolic steroids. And as we mentioned, glycogen storage disease uh, type 1 has multiple hepatic adenomas, but that's really rare. A number of different articles have looked at CT and MR of hepatic adenomas, and some of the characteristics they talk about, hemorrhage, necrosis, calcifications, and fat, and that's often due, to, of course, to prior bleeding and acute bleeding. So, some other things we know, more common in younger women and again the uh, predilection to hemorrhage and rupture is the key things. So when we look at the lesion, its appearance really depends on when we find the lesion. If we find the lesion in the acute setting where the patient presents with acute abdominal pain and bleed, then we're going to see hemorrhage, right? We may not even see the lesion because the lesion which is typically vascular or at least somewhat vascular. Often ruptures and you don't see the lesion. You may see second or third lesion, but not the primary lesion that bled. Uh, You then also may see the lesion when the patient has not bled. Maybe it's an incidental finding. And then you may see a mass that's vascular, but not as vascular as, say, a focal nodular hyperplasia, but also not as homogeneous. So typical things. We put in general hypodense or isodense, but again, it can be hyperdense if the patient had a bleed, There's enhancement in the arterial phase, but that's variable. These lesions can become isodense fairly quickly. So let me show you some examples. Here's a very nice hepatic adenoma, easy to recognize because you see the bleed in the lesion. What else can bleed? Well, if you get stabbed, you can bleed. But typically the things that bleed are hepatic adenomas and hepatomas. Hepatomas that bleed typically are in hepatomas that are in cirrhotic livers. So hepatic adenomas are in non-cirrhotic livers. So my rule is, if you see a bleed spontaneous in the liver, it's hepatic adenoma. And particularly when the patient's younger, age 30 or 40, and it's a female. And here's that same case. You see that halo around the bleeding. And you also see subcapsular blood inferior aspect of the liver. Another example, upper quadrant pain. Now, patients with hepatic adenomas that bleed can present with symptoms of ulcer disease, symptoms of aortic dissection, symptoms suggesting acute cholecystitis. So here you see a bleed in the left lobe of the liver where the primary lesion was, and you see subcapsular blood by the right lobe of the liver, but you also see a secondary lesion near the uh, left hepatic vein. So we know this was a spontaneous Bleed, and we can see why it was a vascular lesion you don't see the lesion that bled you see the second lesion the bleeds can be very large look at the extent of this bleed it looks like almost a stab wound i don't see the mass but we know it's hepatic adenoma and here it is about two weeks later when a lot of the blood gets resorbed another example look at the left lobe you see the bleed in the left lobe that's a hepatic adenoma that bled this liver is somewhat cirrhotic so you would consider uh, hepatoma in the differential diagnosis. The patient had surgery, had resection of this bleed, and this was a hepatic adenoma. I mentioned sometimes they're hard to recognize. Look at this case, abdominal pain, and maybe that was just coincidental, but look at the left lobe. You see this kind of unusual swirly enhancement on the arterial phase imaging? You see it again on the coronal view. It's You can recognize there's a lesion there, but it's hard to define. Now, when you go to venous phase imaging, it's even a bit harder to define. You can look at the angiographic map, and there's the left hepatic artery, which is somewhat splayed a little bit, but there's no real neovascularity that I could see. And we look at it again, and look at delayed phase imaging. Here's the early phase. Here's delayed phase. You see that? You see the mass? Now look how obvious it is, and look how obvious the multiple lesions are. So this is an example of where hepatic adenomas are best seen late, and the multiple, and they're so obvious, but look how it wasn't so obvious on the earlier phase imaging. Another case, look at the, or the same case rather, with some additional imaging, look at the 3D mapping showing you the left lobe of the liver. So again, very, very important. Now, I mentioned, of course, I think hepatic adenoma when I think about bleeding. Hepatoma is a possibility. Here's a cirrhotic liver, tips catheter in place, and you can see a bleed in the left lobe. Very easy to recognize the bleed. So, again, differential diagnosis, but to me, hepatic adenoma is proven otherwise, particularly in a patient who doesn't have a cirrhotic liver, particularly in a younger patient. So, a very, very important diagnosis to make. Okay, what else? Um, Other benign lesions in the liver, lipomas do occur. This is a great case. Vascular lesion, the cleft in there is fat density. And hepatoma is non-serotic livers can have fat, and initially this was felt to be a hepatoma. Here it is against the uh, patient's IVC and hepatic vein. This patient had resection of this lesion. Prelim was hepatoma. Final path was an angiomyolipoma of the liver. So fatty tumors of the liver can occur. The three lesions that contain fat are hepatoma, angiomyolipoma, and hepatic adenoma. Now with angiomyolipomas or lipomas, as in this case usually it's an incidental finding and it's all fat. It's an easy diagnosis. The last case was an incredibly tricky case. So my rule is if you see a very vascular lesion with fat in a non-serotic liver, yes you can comment and suggest hepatoma but also comment perhaps the possibility of angiomyolipoma should be considered. The pathologist then will look more carefully and the patient may not need to get very aggressive surgery. So a very very important diagnosis. Now. In the benign category of things, I think a very important thing to also comment on, there are a number of things that can simulate malignant tumors that weren't things that I mentioned. So abscesses, sarcoidosis, I showed you angiomyelipoma, hepatic infarct, I showed you one example, regenerating nodule, and AV malformation. But let's focus on abscesses. There are a number of different categories of abscesses. Pyogenic are the most common. Amoebic abscesses. In the US we see those with foreign travel particularly to Mexico Parasitic, fungal abscesses, immunosuppressed patients, granulomatous disease, other etiologies, etiologies, bacillary angiomatosis like in HIV patients. Now, I show this case of hepatic abscess. This patient presented with weight loss and a whole bunch of different issues. And in fact, the initial presentation suggested neoplasm. And in fact, that's what I thought this patient had was a malignancy. This was biopsied, it was a large abscess, E. coli abscess. And this case is a wonderful example of making the point that abscesses can look like large necrotic tumors. It can be a difficult diagnosis and particularly, you know, it's hematologic spread often from a GI tract, ascending cholangitis, you know, diverticulitis, appendicitis, but the issue tends to be when you don't have a good history can look very similar. E. coli is the most common agent and you can see from the clinical presentation of fever, right-sided pain, even weight loss and elevated LFTs can look exactly in presentation like a malignancy. So, it can be tricky. Now pyogenic abscesses can be single or multiple in number, can involve larger or smaller parts of the liver. Uh, rim enhancement is not uncommon. They may contain air within the lesion, though I will say that less than 10% of hepatic abscesses have air, and if you're worrying about seeing air, you're going to miss 90% of abscesses. When they're in the right lobe, you should consider amoebic abscess. They can be cystic, but they can look like this with this daughter cyst appearance. And you can see this as we go to the coronal views very nicely shown this kind of mass. It's not the appearance of a typical amoeba, of a um, uh, uh, E. coli abscess, it really does look like that uh possibility of amoebic abscess, and then look at the late films. You see this kind of cluster? We talk about it with ascending cholangitis, a cluster sign. This almost looks like that cluster, but this is very good for amoebic abscess. Again, a history of foreign travel is particularly uh, important. It's the most common extra-intestinal manifestation of amoebiasis. And again, think about geography, India, Far East, Africa, and South America. Patients are usually very sick with high fevers, and again, the travel history is indeed very critical. From the CT perspective, cystic lesion often with an enhancing rim, the zone of edema around the border of the lesion as I showed you in this case, and again lesions are usually solitary but may be multiple. The prior case I guess was one big lesion with septations. So something very, very important to consider. So abscesses are one of the categories of things we do consider. So some of the things I've showed you hopefully on these three parts have been looking at benign lesions. I did not spend time looking at hepatomas, talking about the challenge of diagnosing hepatoma on CT. I did not speak about metastatic disease and the importance of dual phase imaging, particularly when looking for vascular mets. I really focused on some of the um, true signatures of the lesions we commonly see that are typically considered non-malignant from cysts to hemangiomas to FNH to lipomas to abscesses, and I also focused on the lesion that sits at the boundary between benign and malignant hepatic adenomas. I focused a bit on the importance of looking at things in three dimensions, and if you think back on the talks, We looked at everything in three dimensions. We looked at the characteristics, the enhancement pattern. We spoke about the importance of post-processing and the importance of the uh, protocol. Unless you inject with a good rate, let's say 4 cc's to 5 cc's a second, a lot of these signatures may not be well seen. That becomes very important. And the signatures allow you to make a very specific diagnosis. It's particularly important in this era of radiation reduction. The way you reduce radiation doses, make the diagnosis correctly the first time. Don't end up getting three studies or having the patient yo yo back and forth. So, hopefully, this was helpful. If you go to CTSS, we have thousands of cases of liver, uh, interesting cases, benign, malignant. You can use the search engine to take a look and find whether you want to see hepatic adenomas or FNHs. Look in the pearl section, a lot of nifty findings. And with that, have a great day.